0: Hello, welcome everybody to another episode of Inside Inter Miami, the Miami Herald's Inter Miami podcast. I am Andre Fernandez, Deputy Sports Editor, joined once again by our beat writer Michelle Kaufman. And what what, what can be said that hasn't been said already about Inter Miami? They don't lose. They just don't lose anymore. That's just uh, that's that's all that's all that's all that that doesn't happen anymore. They just refuse to lose. Not the treble dream is alive. It looked like it was dead with 20 minutes to go in the U.S. Open Cup semi against Cincinnati. We are we it's since our last pod, they've won one championship, and now they're in position for another. Michelle, you were there once again. I mean, this team is just there. there's no words anymore. I mean, even Ray Hudson is probably out of words to to describe how crazy and how amazing this run has been.
1: Yeah, it's it's just it's unbelievable. I'm I'm still uh I'm still here. I'm in Cincinnati. Um, heading to New York this morning, and I I will be I will make a full confession here. I had already written my story saying that they lost. I wrote a whole story, a thousand word story, saying that you know, Messi, They lost the first game in the Messi era, and I pointed out all the things that had gone wrong. And I was actually getting ready to send that story to my editors, and all of a sudden all of a sudden Leo Messi pulls out an incredible assist, just an amazing, you know, curling, sh- curling pass that nobody else could make. I don't think directly to the head of Leo Campana who did, you know, put it away beautifully. I mean, he scored on both goals with his head, both with assists from, from Leo, with Leo to Leo.
0: Right.
1: Um, and, uh, I just, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it that that game went into extra time. So I, I scrapped what I had written and start watching the extra time, they go ahead. So then I start writing a story that they've won. You know, they're gonna win, Joseph Martinez puts them ahead. So then I, I, you know, changed my story from the losing story to the winning story. And then all of a sudden Cincinnati equalizes and then I have to change the story. I wrote three or four versions of that story last night. Um, because it just was impossible to know what was going to happen. And, and you know, who's going to win? I had no yeah. idea who was going to win yeah. over and over and over. And then when it went to penalty kicks, I mean, Drake Calendar and Ben Hakramashi, once again, those two guys, you know, Drake Callender makes a save. It just always seems like in every penalty shootout, he's going to make a save, which is so hard to do. And he just keeps doing it. He keeps pulling them out. And then Benja, 18 years old, this kid is just fearless. This kid from Key Biscayne playing with his idol from Argentina. And he goes out there like nothing. He just walks out there with the ball ready for the final kick like nothing. And he goes out there and scores the game-winning PK once again for the second time. This team has had three penalty kick shootouts already. Three and they've won all of them and ben has won two of them i believe they've made 21 out of 22 i have to look up the exact stats i think they've made 21 out of 22 pks yeah Uh, i mean
0: the other day the other day that 10-9 for the for the league's cup championship i don't know i've never seen that where neither team neither team missed it was just Drake made two saves and Nashville's goalie made the one save, but I've never seen where so many that both teams are just dueling back and forth, back and forth. It's just incredible. Like the way they're, they, how clutch they've been in these PK rounds. I mean, country uh, national teams aren't this consistent even in a PK round usually. And, but, but they right. seem, no, no.
1: I mean, Tata, Tata said last night, he said, if i had had this much luck in pk's during my entire coaching career my life would have been very very different because he's had some really painful losses and penalty kicks in his over his career so i mean they just have it's it's the magic touch the midas touch the messy touch whatever it is it just every time i think you know okay this is it okay you know they've won seven games in a row this is unbelievable it's got to end at some point the luck has to end at some point. The streak has to end at some point. And, and again, they're playing, they're playing good teams. Philadelphia, I thought, was going to be the big test. Oh, they're going to play Philadelphia. Philadelphia never loses at home. This is going to be a really, really true test. They beat Philadelphia. Then Nashville. Nashville is an excellent team. Again, Nashville had a very good game plan against them, played them really well. Once again, they pull it out and beat Nashville. And now here in Cincinnati, which, by the way, the fans here were unbelievable. A major shout out to the fans of Cincinnati. This all the other road games, there have been a lot of Miami fans and, and, you know, a lot of Argentina fans. The Cincinnati game was almost entirely FC Cincinnati fans. I mentioned in my story that it looked like a Gator football game at the Swamp. (laughs) It was completely orange and, and royal blue. There was, there were a little smattering, a little, you know, dots of pink and dots of messy shirts, but it was almost entirely 25,000 people were all for their team. And they really were, they really were rabid. I mean, um, I mentioned also in my story, there was something, a cookie gate, you know, I'll call it cookie gate. Uh, yesterday morning, a local bakery from Cincinnati to welcome Messi to town, they made special cookies that had the face of Messi on them, iced cookies with the face of Messi on them. Well, the Cincinnati fans did not like that. They went on social media and blasted this poor bakery and <laughs> called for boycotts of the bakery. I mean, they take this stuff seriously here. They called for boycott of the bakery. The bakery comes out and issues an apology, says, we're sorry. You know, we didn't mean to offend anybody. We're just, the greatest player of all time was coming, but never mind, and they made cookies with the logo. They, they do make cookies with the logo of FC Cincinnati, and they made sure to post pictures of that and say, hey, we have Cincinnati cookies here. So anyway, um, it was a game that it was a game that Miami was ripe to lose. It really was. They've won so many in a row. They had to be exhausted emotionally and physically after what they went through in Nashville. After going through an 11 round PKs, winning that game the celebration the champagne showers flying back to miami then flying to cincinnati they had to be exhausted physically and emotionally and yet they were able to pull it out it was just it's unbelievable i just don't even know what to say about this team anymore i really don't it's incredible
0: yeah and that's the part that really made you feel like where maybe some doubt crept in was that you know, coming off the, the almost like a hangover, and then you know, since he strikes in the first 18 minutes, then they add another, and like you said, this is finally a true road game. Like the, the crowd looked like they were booing Messi every time. You know, even when he came up for PKs later on, the the, the Bengals showed up in force, like in the up in the luxury suites. He had Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and a bunch of them there too. Like at Cincinnati, turned out for this game, and in spite of all that, they just reach out and and that's what I want to talk to you more about, Michelle, is the fact that you know, a player like Messi can show up and then you add all these pieces. But how quick, how remarkable is it that this quickly, this team develops, you know, to use a cliche, a clutch gene like this, where it doesn't matter the the adversity on the field, off the field. I mean, this just doesn't happen like in, in what, barely two months where you're winning these games. And, and like you said, high caliber opponents. This is the best team right now in the MLS standings. And they did what yeah. they did. It's, a, it's unbelievable
1: it's really unbelievable yeah it's really been one month i mean their first game together was july 21st right and it's now august 24th so they've really only played together for one month which is a little scary i mean these guys are just getting to know each other uh two players made their debut yesterday in this game the two young kids you know farias and and avilas both made their their debut yesterday Jean Mota came back he struggled a little bit he looked a little bit rusty you know gave the ball a little bit away In the first half, but you know, it is really nice to have him back. He'll, he'll work his way back into form. Um, and this team is just getting to know each other and just gelling and they're winning these clutch games. They're winning these difficult games against, you know, like you said, Cincinnati is the top team in the league. Cincinnati has 51 points. And Miami has 18 points. I mean, we're talking about a really big gap. Miami is the last place team on paper, okay, from from the standings before all of this stuff started. Miami, when Messi arrived here, has 18 points in the league and Cincinnati 51 points. We're talking about a giant gap in the standings. And this Miami team, pulls it out and beats them again with a, with a lineup that data made four changes in the starting lineup and change the formation uh, to a five, three, you know, I mean, it was, it was not, they, they struggled a little bit, you know, they struggled a little bit at the, the first half was obvious. They were not comfortable. They were playing in a different formation. Uh, you know, they were playing in a five, three, two, they had, you know, been in a four, three, three, and it was, it was, there were four new players in the lineup. Malta had not played since April. Malta missed 23 games or so. He he had not played since April, coming off an injury. Uh, Thomas Avilas is a 19-year-old kid starting his first game. Uh, you know, since he joined the team two weeks ago. I mean, they go into this game with a you know with a new lineup, with a new formation. They struggled. They go down two nothing with 20 minutes to go. They're losing two to zero. And again, I'm writing my story. I'm sitting there typing, da 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 da, yep. They're losing. Oh, they finally going to lose their first game, and then the magic. And again, it comes off the foot of Messi. Both of those assists, Leo Campanas. The ball would not have been on the forehead of Leo Campana if it were not for Messi putting those two balls there. He played those two balls perfectly. And then, yes, Campana finished, but the ball wouldn't even have been on his head if anyone else had made those passes. I just believe if anyone else had made those two passes at those two moments, the ball would not have been placed the way it was placed. So once again, Leo Messi, he didn't score. It was his first scoreless game since he arrived eight games ago, but he delivered the two assists that led to this win
0: right and, and the distance too i mean especially on the second one i mean that's like from outside the 18 i mean on point in traffic too which is hard to do i mean as we know so many of those all the time you see it get either headed away by a defender or something you know but just the precision too but but those guys that too i mean it, it also on the flip side it takes them to finish too and leo campano has been with this team you know, you've covered him for a long time. I, I, I want to, uh, you know, switch and talk a little bit about the 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 guys that have been on this team that their play has been elevated. And and Drake Calendar, of course. I mean,
1: oh my god, what he did Drake in the is... League's
0: Cup final. The, the you know, he was named the MVP. And and yeah, his story, Michelle. I mean, you've 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 covered him for some time now.
1: Yeah, I mean, Drake Drake came into this team, you know as the third i mean drake was a young kid he came in you know with when when luis robles was still the starter back at the beginning in 2020 and drake came in as a kid as a kid coming in from college you know uh a young you know a young talent but he had no experience whatsoever and then they bring in nick marsman they they spent a lot of money to bring in it when when luis robles ended up retiring after breaking his arm they weren't going to leave this Drake calendar. Can you imagine? I mean, back then, the Drake calendar of then was not was not considered a, a candidate to be the starter on this team. So they spent a lot of money to bring in a Dutch keeper, Nick Marsman, who was an experienced keeper and came in and was playing well. Uh, and then, at, you know, last season and he gets injured when he gets injured, Drake comes in and just stole that job, literally stole that job. From, from Nick Marsman. He came in and just played out of his mind. Everybody, you know, game by game by game. It was like, wow, this guy's really good. Wow. Oh my goodness. And then what's going to happen when Nick is healthy again? What are they going to do? What they did is they kept him. They kept Drake in goal and Nick became the backup. And Drake just has every game is just, been so clutch during the game he makes so many saves i feel bad almost every game i need to i need to write more about him in the game stories because the, it's almost become routine that he makes these big saves and and he makes big saves during the game diving catching diving you know in corners and then and then in the PKs, case he's been he's made saves every single time he makes that one save that is the difference and then he scored He scored on the PK in Nashville. That was his only penalty kick he has ever taken in his career. He said not even in college. He never took a PK in college. He never had taken a PK as a professional. That PK that he made against Nashville was the very first penalty kick that he's taken. He said maybe since he was a little boy. And he drills that and then makes the final save to win that game. And then here again against Cincinnati makes another save. You know, I mean, he's just been unbelievable and he's and he's so quiet. He's so Zen, you know, maybe this is why he's able to have this calm under pressure. He's a guy who he meditates. He believes a lot in in meditation, in grounding. Um, He does a lot of barefoot walks around the field after practice with DeAndre Yedlin. Um, He's kind of a new age guy from California he's kind of a you know west coast new age zen kind of guy very very quiet very very unassuming um and yet he plays like a beast he doesn't act like one but he plays like one it's it's like two different people when when you talk to drake calendar you're talking to this very zen soft-spoken kind of guy very calm but when he's out there in the game, and again, maybe some of that calm and some of that mentality that he's able to compartmentalize in those clutch moments, he doesn't get too emotional. He doesn't get crazy. He stays in the moment. And he's been just incredible. And And I'm hearing uh, Fox Sports reported, and he's already been, he was called already for the national team for the first time earlier this year. And uh, Fox Sports is reporting that he and Benja Kramowski. Are both going to be called into U.S. national team camp for September friendlies? There are two friendlies in September, and the word is that Inter Miami is going to have three players on that squad: Yedlin, Drake, Calendar, and Benha. And the interesting thing about Benha Kremoski is that he is a dual citizen of the United States and Argentina, and he has represented both in youth tournaments. He's played for Argentina and he's played for the United States, and at some point you know, when it it comes to the senior team, he is gonna have to make a choice because once he plays for one for the senior team, that's it, you're locked in. He's gonna have to make a choice between Argentina, which is his his family's country of origin and the United States, which is where he was raised, but he's still very, very much an Argentine at heart. His family is still very, very deep into the roots of the Argentine culture. And now that he has Messi on the team, You know, he's feeling very Argentinian right now. There are five, you know, a lot of Argentinians on that team. So it's going to be interesting to watch the trajectory of Ben Ha's career because we're talking about an 18-year-old kid who is doing big things and who's showing guts and courage that that belie his youth.
0: Right. And that's going to be interesting because, you know, they're coming off the World Cup championship too, so – a lot of Argentinians yes. are going to feel that pride, like we want to be the defending champions that keep it in Argentina, you know, in the next one. Uh, but it has in in some regards for the, the USA team that has kind of swung in their favor. They've always had that trouble where guys, they, you see these talented players. It's like, who do I go with? Do I play for the US? Do I play for, yes. for my home country? Uh, in recent years, it feels like sometimes they have chosen to play for the US and that's strengthened the side a little bit. So. We'll see. We'll see where his heart lies, uh, you know, once the cup comes around. But I think, like you said, he's a very explosive player that, you know, and and can do a lot, not just on the offensive end, but you could see it on the field. You could see the talent right away. Um, But Drake Callender, going back to him, I mean, yeah, some of the great athletes are like that. They just flip a switch. They're one person. And then I I feel like you kind of have to be that Zen guy to play goalie, especially a high pressure level like that. You just have to have that person. He's only twenty five young guy and and remarkable just he's become one of the best keepers around um you know in such a short time too i mean you know ray, ray hudson described a, a few of those saves too uh, shout out to ray by the way he gave us a shout out i don't know if you heard that part No, know you were probably you're busy obviously writing the story but right at the end of the game goes you'll see it in the headlines of the miami herald right, right when they know, scored right. and everything so you know that was, that was fun We yeah, loved It was all.
1: great. yeah i i wasn't able to what my family was watching and they were sending me some of his lines. I mean, they everybody was loving watching Ray Hudson call a game again. I mean, it, you know, everybody really missed him. Uh, and, you know, he had to be more impartial than usual because he right. was not specifically calling for Inter Miami. But, you know, clearly when whenever Messi did anything, we knew, you know, that he was going to go nuts. Uh, but it was so nice to hear Ray again. And, and I saw him. I saw him uh, before the game. I walked by the booth and chatted with him for a little bit. So it was so nice to have him again. He's such a big part of the game, and uh, and it was wonderful to see him again. And and you know now going forward, the big question is, you know, are any are they going to rest? You know, they they're playing at New York now on right. Saturday. Uh, they stayed overnight in Cincinnati. They're flying to New York, and they have a couple of days now to get ready. They are now resuming the MLS season finally. You know, all of these summer, the summer hiatus that's been going on since mid-July, we're all of a sudden back to the MLS season. Let's let's be honest, they are still in last place. All right. of this excitement, the cup raising, the champagne, the drama, the shootouts. None of that changes the standings. You look at the standings and you still have to go way Very. down the bottom to see the word Miami. The bottom. So yep. It's really crazy. It is absolutely insane. That the best team over the last month, the team that has pulled out all these heroics, pulled out all these magical moments, lifted one tro- tr- one trophy, is now in position to lift another trophy. That team is still dead last in the MLS standings, dead last, not just in the East, of the entire league, the lowest team with only 18 points, 12 games to go. They now resume this Saturday at New York Red Bulls and these guys are spent tata martino said it the other night he said now i have to watch what i'm going to do for the next three games they have three games coming up three league games coming up over the next nine days you know they have to play at new york then they go play at home against nashville once again and then they go on the road to the west coast to play lafc on the West Coast in L.A. The defending
0: the defending MLS champs. So,
1: Defending MLS champs, a very good team, crossing the country for the first time with Leo Messi and everybody else who's joined the team with Busquets and Alba and all these new players going to the West Coast for the first time. And the question is, these guys have now played eight games in a very short span. They now have three more games in a short span. You know, when does he rotate? Will Messi take a break? Um, on a personal note, I hope it's not Saturday because my husband right now is on a flight to New York and our daughter lives in New York and he bought tickets for the game. They're they're both huge fans and they're right. dying to see Messi play in New York and, you know, spend quite a bit of money like yes. everybody else for these tickets. And my daughter was already saying to me, Mom, don't tell me that Messi is not going to play, because if I, you know, I've been waiting for this game. I've had this circled on my calendars. Dad bought the tickets. And if Messi isn't going to play, I'm going to be so disappointed. So I don't know if he'll play the whole game. Maybe he'll, I hope that he plays at least five minutes for the (laughs) sake of my family and for the sake of all the other fans who bought tickets for that yeah.
0: match, oh, 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 you know he does. Uh, you know he doesn't play just five minutes. If he plays, he plays. He plays like ninety-five minutes or something like that. But yeah, hint, hint, Tata, do not bench him this weekend. If you're gonna rest, wait a little bit. I mean, they yeah. can. It's the, the 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 dream of the trouble still exists for them though, with this victory last night. And but yeah, like you said, now begin. Now begins the massive uphill climb. And it'll be, int- but it will be interesting to see, it, you know, how much do they invest in su- such such a nothing guaranteed uphill climb? Because, like we've talked about, they could keep winning at the clip that they're winning, but they need help in the standings. They need other teams to lose, stuff like that. So they could be as good as they are, and still maybe not make the playoffs and still fall short. So how much do they invest in this run, on a physical sense? Not just Messi, but some of the other veterans too. You know, how do they mix and match that lineup? Do they, you know, you don't want to burn the guys out necessarily completely. That it's gonna kind of the chess the, the the whole chess match there of how they do this, you know, and how much. Yeah, I think this
1: it. is. Yeah, I really think this is where Tata is going to. This is where the spotlight is going to turn a little. Well, it's never going to turn from Lionel Messi. Obviously, there's one spotlight. Right. There's yeah. one spotlight that's always going to be on that man.
0: Yeah, but, but I know what you mean. Yeah.
1: The subplot here right now is going to be how does Tata and his staff manage the load management. Now, I know that's like such a cliche in sports <clears throat> that didn't used to be, by yeah. the way, what right. is load management? I mean, the athletes of the past laugh at that. They yeah. played every game. They played every minute. They were bleeding and they were still playing with broken bones and whatever. Um, yeah. But, you know, these days there is there is load management. and. And Messi is 36 years old, and, and you know, he and Busquets and Alba, all three were kind of coming off vacations. You know, they, they had already played a full season for their teams in Europe, and then they had a vacation, a short vacation, and then they come in and start playing in all of this drama. They literally
0: went from the beach to this, which was hilarious too. Yeah.
1: They went from the beach to these drama-filled penalty kick shootouts. I'm sure this is not what they had in mind, you know, Anyone who thought that these guys were coming here to vacation in MLS and and vacation on the shores of Miami, being in Miami, this has been anything but a vacation. I mean, it's been fun. They're definitely having fun and they're enjoying themselves, but this has not been a vacation. This has been serious competition, serious drama, and physical and mental toll that it has taken on these guys. Absolutely. And the question is, yeah. How far can they go? With, you know, at this clip, at this pace, how far can they keep doing this? Or do they do they have to rest? Do they? And then, what is Tata going to do? Will he start these guys, and then they'll just come out, and he'll bring in subs? Or will he completely change? Will he change the starting lineup? Uh, you know, you saw from the game yesterday, he changed four players in the starting lineup, and things were not looking good things did not look good with the four changes that he made. I have to be honest, the team was struggling. They were not playing with the fluidity that they were before. They were not playing with the confidence that they did before. There was a big drop. There was a big drop in the level of play for the first half yesterday. And, and a lot of that I believe was was the changes that were made to the team. So I don't know that you wanna completely change everything, um, especially if they do wanna make a run in the to the playoffs. So we don't know in Tata's mind how much importance is he giving to the MLS run, how much importance is given to the US Open Cup final September 27th. You know, that's still a month away. So there's still time for that. But these next three games, they have a home game against Nashville, which they want to win that obviously a home game, a good chance to win a game. And then the game at LAFC, that's a really big high-profile game. And then this game in New York. Is another high profile game because it's in New York. It's New York City. It's a big market. There will be a lot of Argentina fans. Okay. There will be a, this is a New York road trip. This is not Cincinnati. There are a lot of people who are going to be in New York, who live in New York, who are Latin Americans, who live in New York. They have bought tickets for this game and are spending thousands of dollars for this game. They want to see Messi. The league is based in New York. The whole New York, you know, the league office is based in New York. So all the league executives are going to be at this game. Uh it's a big, it's a big high profile game. It really is. And to be honest with you, um when one little thing that I'll, I'll throw in here, a little side note, is that when there was all this talk about Messi maybe joining the league, I don't think it's a coincidence. I really don't think it's a coincidence that a lot of the games were backloaded. The MLS schedule for Miami was backloaded with games, high profile games at big stadiums, bigger stadiums, uh high profile games, because this is a chance now. They're gonna play in LA. They're gonna play in New York. You know, they're gonna play in a lot of big, you know, big, big time games, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They have some big games coming up. Um and now the question is, will Messi be playing? And if he's playing, how many minutes is he going to go 90? Is he going to keep going 90, 95, you know, 120? I mean, how many minutes can this guy go? He's we think he's human. Maybe he's really not. Maybe he really is a superhero. He's you know, he was doing the superhero Marvel goal celebrations. Maybe he really is a superhero. But at some point, the man is going to have to rest. But please let it not be. On the New York Red Bulls game, <laughs> right. maybe he could if he can just play fifteen minutes, just yeah. so that the fans who paid money, including my family, uh, but the fans who paid money to go see him play, which is a lot, uh, a lot of fans are going to be really, really disappointed if they don't get to see Leo Messi. Yeah,
0: but in all seriousness, it is interesting the external mm-hmm. the the external pressures that they are going to have because of that. Because this league, like you said, this league is the one that's invested. I mean, with the with the apple tv shares and and everything that they've poured in to get him over here and now the pressure is going to be this is this is the rock show now that the rock stars are hitting the road they're going to la they're, they're you know it's like the tour the tour hits new york the tour hits la they're gonna want him on the field and doing his yes. thing and, and showing off they're not gonna want you know no offense to them but, you know we know them and we you know because we were around the team more but they're not going to want to see leo campana and those guys they want to see the superstar they want to see the god of soccer grace them with their presence so, so to speak it's going to be interesting to see how much does mls kind of nudge and be like don't punch him at least not that often
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's gonna be really interesting i mean yeah these next now that the league is resuming the way tata manages the team is going to be very very interesting you know, is there pressure on him to play? Does he feel internal pressure even, too? Like, he knows that new, this is New York City. We're talking about New York and L.A. Two of their next three games are New York and L.A. Those are two really big, high-profile markets. They're big markets for Apple. You know, they're big markets, big TV markets. Uh, so, you know, these are these are games that they're going to want him to be on the field. So will he play 90 or will he come in and come out? Um, it's going to be really interesting. Tata has a really tough job ahead of him right now to manage this team and try to keep them on track um, considering what they've done so far in the first eight games. It's been honestly the, the, most, the most exciting, interesting stretch of games in any sport that I've covered in 35 years as far as, you know, I've covered Olympics and World Cups notwithstanding. Those are incredible individual events. Wimbledon, a lot of things that I've covered. But as far as a team sport of the team sports that I've covered, the run that they've had and the UM basketball run to the final four was amazing. But this run to come from a last place team to bring Leo Messi here, Sergio Busquets and Elba to go undefeated eight games, to have three penalty kick shootouts, to have an 18 year old local kid win, you know, win the game in PKs two times already I mean, the, it's just you cannot—you cannot write this script. Yeah. This is a Hollywood script. This is a yeah. Hollywood script that is being written, and and Apple is producing a docu series about Messi and his arrival and all this stuff. They—they've got to be just out of their minds. This is this is reading like a like a Hollywood script. This is not reading like a documentary. Yeah. This is reading like something from Hollywood, you know that 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 that. Uh, uh, producers and directors are are inventing and it's happening right before our eyes it's really what an exciting time to be an MLS fan Uh, well maybe not an MLS fan because they're beating all the other teams in MLS but to be an Inter Miami fan right now um, is is incredibly exciting so we'll see what happens they certainly make the games fun and they certainly make it not fun for the sports writers who are on deadline. I would say that the only people suffering, well, are the opponents. The opponents are suffering and the sports writers who are on deadline are suffering because you just never know with a few minutes to go in a game or with 50 seconds to go in a game, you never know what's gonna happen with this team. So fans are enjoying it. Sports writers are not enjoying it so much and neither are the opponents.
0: Yeah, so someone who's uh suffered through a lot of blown saves covering baseball over the years, I, I sympathize. I thought about you last night. Another hellacious ending, but uh it's all gonna be worth it, Michelle. Don't worry. When you show when you when, when when you pop in on that uh Apple TV series within the next year that they're gonna make about this team, it's all gonna be worth it when you see yourself on TV. When when Apple does it, or Netflix, or somebody, because somebody's got to make a movie out of this. I mean, it's it's too good not to. I mean, at this point, I think it's definitely gonna happen. But. Um, Michelle will be there when they take on the Red Bulls, the official MLS. It seems weird, like we said, saying that, but it is the final, finally an MLS regular season game that Inter Miami will be playing with Messi. And then after that, you know, a lot of those interesting ones coming up. And then, of course, the finale of this U.S. Open Cup tournament. What do you think, Michelle? Does it go to Hard Rock on the 27th?
1: Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Yes, Jorge Mas, the team owner, had said at the very beginning, that if they make the final, they have been in talks with. They have been in talks already with Hard Rock about having it there because that way they can have a much bigger audience. And if they do have a bigger audience, I think it would be nice because they could. I mean, you would presume that they would lower some prices. That if yeah. it isn't a huge stadium that seats sixty thousand people, sixty-five thousand people, they will be able to have some tickets that are affordable to a normal human being. Because right now, right now at at Dry Pink Stadium. You know, it's 21,500, it's a small venue, and the tickets have been really, really high. And a lot of people have been priced out who really deserve a chance to see this team play. So um, I think it would be wonderful if it does move to Hard Rock. I hope that there is a big segment of tickets that are available for fans who have not been able to afford to go so far, to be able to go watch not only Messi, but all these other players that are playing so amazing and all this excitement. The fans deserve a chance. To, to be able to afford to go see this team play. So it's going to be interesting. I'm sure we'll know very soon whether it's going to be moved or whether it's going to stay. But I do know that the ownership group has been in talks with Tom Garfinkel of the Dolphins and and, and Hard Rock Stadium about having that cup game there uh, because that would allow for a much bigger audience. So, yeah, it's I going hope. to be Houston. It'll be Houston, uh, Houston against uh, Miami yep. uh, on September 27th. For the US Open Cup final and uh, we'll see where the venue is, but that's going to be another chance for them to lift another trophy and uh, by that point, they will be one month into the MLS season, you know, we'll know by then where they're going to be, you know, if if things are going their way, if they're not, Uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of drama still to come over the next few months.
0: Yeah, and we've seen it. We've seen the atmosphere that can that can uh, be generated at Hard Rock. Whether you know the national teams like Columbia playing there, or Premier League teams like Manchester United, you name it, that place gets packed when there's a big game, a big soccer match there. So should be no different with Lionel Messi there. But uh, that's uh, September 27th, hopefully at Hard Rock Stadium. But in the meantime, Michelle will be there, like I mentioned before, in New York when they face the Red Bulls. Soul her family, please don't bench messy, guys. We need her to see it. <laughs> little shout out too to your daughter uh, Sophie as well for coming up with the name. I don't think we, you know, I don't think we've said that like in six episodes that we've done. that uh, She came up with the name for this thing, Inside Inter Miami. We got to give her a little props for that. But yeah, uh, it was hope-
1: simple. It was it's simple to the point, but Inside Inter Miami. It's like it's perfect. Yeah, it's a perfect it's name. Perfect. Yes. Yeah.
0: So hopefully, and thank hopefully you and get thanks everybody.
1: Team. By the way, thanks everybody who's been tuning in so far. We're, you know, we love to have you and thank you so much. Thanks for all the comments. Thanks for tuning in. Tell all your friends, keep tuning in. There's so much to talk about with this team. So we really enjoy doing this and, and we hope that the audience keeps growing and, and please keep tuning in every Thursday.
0: Yeah, remember, remember to catch us on uh, all, every place your, your favorite podcatchers are, you know, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, miamiherald.com, of course, for this show. Whether you're watching it, listening to it, and catch all of Michelle's uh, great content there, different stories, and obviously the coverage that is going to continue as this uh, amazing journey rolls on. But uh, for now, we'll say goodbye. We'll see you guys next week. For For Michelle Kaufman, I'm Andre Fernandez, and we'll see you guys soon.